Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. So those who are joining us today, we began First Samuel. We did chapter 1, chapter 2, and we... Well, in chapter 3, a little bit, before we were rudely interrupted by the systems of the world. <laughs> so we're going to back up a little bit um, and uh, start from chapter 3 as we continue. We saw... Um, this great testimony of Samuel uh, living with Eli, the priest. Eli had two sons, and both of them were very ungodly, very ungodly. <laughs> Yet Samuel, um, the direction that um, he was led to was very godly. That even before he actually knew that this is God calling him, he was obedient. That means his upbringing was very good. He walked with the Lord. He was taught. The, chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. The word of God was rare. People barely spoke, or you barely hear these words, you know, and, you know, the Spirit of God visited so-and-so, and they spoke this. So this was very rare in those times. Why? During the time of Judges, as we have read before, uh, people did what was right in their own sight. You do what is right in your own sight, man, it's like you're telling God, we, we are self-sufficient. We can handle ourselves. So we are good to go. You can step aside and watch us do life without you. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place and when his eyes had began to grow so dim that he could not see and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was laying down that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. This does not mean that he had not heard about what God has done or he was not taught. But at this point, he had not heard the voice of God before. This is the first time he's audibly hearing the voice of God. He's re hear hearing a voice, and the, the person who is next, who would be calling him, is Eli. Like, yeah, this, this is probably Eli calling me. 
What does that show you? That God can audibly speak to people. He didn't say, hey, I'm, I'm confused about this voice. You know, this voice feels like many waters. This voice feels like thunder. This voice feels funny. No, it was straight. God calls, and he had the voice, but he thought it was who? Eli. So he went uh, to the priest. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you. Now he's trying to tell the boy that it is not me who called you. Any other time you hear this voice, this is the way you ought to respond. If he calls you, you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place again. This is very important for us to get. You know, how do you, we don't have seven or ten points or whatever point for you to know that the Lord is calling you. He'll call you once, but when he calls you, how are you going to respond to him? How are you going to respond? Like, ah, yeah, chill, chill. I got business to do. I got my people to go say goodbye. I have all these things to lay aside before I start following you. Or before I hear your voice, actually, would you just try to wait until morning? I had a rough day. I'm trying to catch up with sleep. I had exams the whole week. Can you just relax and call me in the morning? This is what you should say. He actually said, this is what you must you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. And I don't know if you guys have this kind of obedience that this boy was having at this point in life. To receive what you have been taught, not forgetting so quickly. Yes, there can be a possibility of you just saying, hey, here I am. And here I am doesn't seem like an evil response, right? It's here I am, Lord. But because he's called, he has an agenda. When he calls, he has an agenda, and he wants you to pay attention to what he has to say. Samuel, Samuel. He answered, Speak. For your servant here. Then the Lord said to someone, Behold, I will do something. <laughs> this, this something that he wants to do, he didn't want to do it before Samuel said, Here I am, speak. Very important for, for us to get that. The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day, I will perform against 
Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house. You remember what we read from that other unnamed man of God? He will do it from the beginning to the end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And we talked about it a little bit. You know, all the parents, you got duty to train up your children. And if they're trying to go the opposite direction, you have the right as a parent to restrain them. When you're restraining them, what are you doing? You're heaping cause of fire upon their heads. You're saying, hey, I have done my part as a parent. I have trained them the ways of the Lord. If they try to be rebellious, that's upon them. But this, they did things that were vile before God's presence, and their father said nothing about it. That was the painful beat of this information. Their father did nothing about it. And for those who are parents who are in here, or those who are parents who are hearing these words, your job is not to actually please your children. Your job is to train them to know what is right and to do right before the Lord. Train them right and to do right before the Lord. And this came because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. In other words, there's nothing you can do about it. It's gone. You cannot reverse it. The Lord has spoken and it shall be done. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. He was afraid to tell of this vision. You remember the vision of uh, Joseph. (laughs) The Lord would show him visions, and what would he do? Go quickly and share about the vision. Go tell it to the brothers. Go tell it to the father. Go tell it to them so that they know what is happening. I saw this vision and these stars bowed to these other ones and these are the things that happened. It was exciting, right? I don't think this vision is exciting to someone. (laughs) This is not exciting. Why? Because punishment is coming to the one who is raising him. I don't know what you'd think about this. Like if you'd be like, hey God, this, this man has served you for years. This man has dedicated his life He lives right here in the temple where I am. He's the one who is training me. Everything I have known from childhood, it is this person who has taught me. Yet, this is what you're going to do for him because of his children. Can you deal with his children separately and leave the man? This was not just easy for the man or for this young man, Samuel. It wasn't easy. 
he was afraid to tell Eli because it was the message, you would call it the message of doom. <laughs> then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here I am. I guess this was the um, normal response for the younger ones when you're called with your elderly people. Samuel, here I am. Christine, here I am. Nowadays, you try to call people, hey, Solo, I'm busy. Nyambura, <laughs> uh, can't you see I'm busy? <laughs> oh, the epic response that we have. That was not so a few years back. Samuel, my son, and say, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do to you, and more so if you hide anything from me of all the things that he's told you. <laughs> the boy is afraid already. And the man is actually saying things that will cause him to be afraid more. <laughs> if you don't speak, probably those things that he told you will happen. You'll be destroyed. We don't know. I don't know the content of that message. But yet he say, in other words, don't lie. Just tell me what it is. Tell me what that message is all about. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. <laughs> In other words, he heard from that unnamed man of God, this message. And he's repeating it to Samuel the second time. And this, it dawned to Eli that, man, this, this is going to happen. This, this is irreversible. You cannot change it. And he said, he's God. Let him do what he pleases. I mean, how, how many of us at that point would begin to say, hey, would begin to call our friends? Like, how many prayer mountains do you know? One at Mailiine, one at whatever place, Western, and these places, these prayer mountains, I want to go and seek the Lord. <laughs> there are some things that have to be reversed this day. <laughs> I am God's servant, and he will give me the desires of my heart. What are the desires of the Lord's heart to destroy him? So how are you going to reverse this, whatever God wants to do? How are you going to do it? If he's spoken, he's going to do it. Other people will say, well, God is a merciful God, and for sure he is. God will work it out, so relax. People will try to encourage him, but at this point in this message, it does not work. When you have an opportunity to make things right, don't hesitate and wait for the later date. Why? Because there will come a time when the door will be closed. When you don't have a chance to repent. When you still have the door open, take advantage of it. Do what is right. Do what is right. Mtafteni bwana madamu anapatikana. Seek the Lord.
It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. Everything that the Lord ever spoke, Samuel saw these words being fulfilled in his eyes. And all the Israel from Dan to Bathsheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Because uh, time after time, the children of Israel would go to Shiloh to go offer to the Lord's sacrifices. And what they saw year after year, all this preparation, they knew that this man was being prepared to be a what? To be a prophet and to many nations. I don't know about any one of us, what they see year after year, month after month, do they see you being prepared to be a prophet, to be God's servant year after year? Or the more they see you, the more they see godlessness in your life. What do they see? What do people see? You know, we'll encourage ourselves and say, well, God looks at the heart. Yeah, he does. He actually looks at everything. <laughs> what can you hide? But the boy or the man, Samuel, was very diligent as he was growing in the ways of the Lord, doing what was right. And his tribesmen knew that this one, this one is anointed of God. This one has been called by God. Sometimes, without even people telling you things, you will look at people and say, for sure, this one. The Lord's hand is upon them. The Lord's hand is upon them. It's not you forcing God's hand on them. <laughs> say, I, I, I think this one is called. We have made many wrong judgments before. And if you think God's servants cannot make wrong judgment, we'll find it right here. <laughs> the same, same Samuel. He will make some wrong judgments at a later date when he was called to go and anoint who? The king. Looked at Eliab and said, wow, this strong man, God has called him. No. That is not how God chooses people. So they knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet unto the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord, and the word of Samuel came to all Israel. At this point he started to speak God's word. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and then come beside Ebenezer. What is the meaning of this little word, Ebenezer? <laughs> we like it, right? This far the Lord has uh, brought us. We call him who? Ebenezer. This far he's brought me. I have seen many things. I have gone through a lot of things this far. The Lord is Ebenezer. Hallelujah. Oh, they encamped in this place besides Ebenezer. And the Philistines encamped in Afik. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel say, Why has the Lord defeated us today? 
before the Philistines. <laughs> Let's just stop there for a minute. You hear what they said? <laughs> who was fighting who? The Philistines were fighting against the children of Israel. Right so. And then after 4,000 men fell in the hands of who? The Philistines, their enemies. What are they saying right here? That why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us. And when it comes amongst us, it may save us from the hands of our enemies. Let us. Now, what we are seeing here is a picture of what we really do nowadays. You know, we, we go into battle in the name of the Lord, but without the Lord. We go in the name of the Lord without the Lord. And then because there's no God in our midst, the enemy takes us down quickly. And then after we're taken down, this is what we, you know, we now start to devise plans. We now start to devise programs. We now start to divide things in the name of the Lord. That, ha, if we do this, the Lord will be pleased. If I give so and so this, the Lord will be pleased with me. If we put this program for the elderly people, the Lord will be pleased. If we do this for the teenagers, the Lord will be pleased. If we do this for the not married people so that we can marry them even if they don't want, whatever, the Lord will be pleased. Why? Because the Lord wants all these things to happen. So it is the will of God. Let's just do it. By the end of the year, we find ourselves with 10,000 programs that the Lord has nothing to do with. We have things, yeah, the Lord, the Lord. While the Lord is not in your midst. They are killed, now they are devising plans. They are not saying, hey God, we Repent of our sins. We know we went into this battle without inquiring of you. That is why we are defeated. Have mercy on us. And if you allow us to go and fight, we will. If you don't, please don't give us an okay to go into this battle. But, you know, we still want to prove to, the, to, to people around us, even to our church members, that, hey, we still got it. I still want to prove to you that I'm still holding on there. I'm still anointed of the Lord. While the glory departed long time ago. Ichabod, the glory of the Lord has departed. Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us. That when it comes to us, it may save us from the hands of the enemy. <laughs> so they're not necessarily in need of God. They want the projects. They want the things. When it comes, they're not saying, hey, when God is in our midst, he'll fight the battle and give us victory. They're saying, if we put up this program, the Lord will be pleased, 
He will come in our midst and we will win the battle. You know how right now people are spreading fear amongst people? That if you vote in this presidential candidate, these things are going to happen. This and that are going to happen. I want to remind you that none of these people are born again. None of them are pursuing God right now as we speak. None of them. They're not followers of Jesus Christ. They're not born again. Even when they're going to, you know, some of these churches, they're just going to get votes, to woo voters. They are not born again. So when you're going to vote, Know that we are going to vote heathens. Okay? <laughs> but it's our duty to do that, to go and vote. Vote wisely. Don't let people cast fear on you so that you vote out of fear. Oh, that they said if I vote this person, this will happen. If we vote the other person, this will not happen. We're just reminding you that this is God's earth, by the way. <laughs> and I would say, the way Eli said to this boy, Samuel, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Your duty is to go and do what? Go and vote. Whether they will get born again after they are president or they don't get born again, you pray for them. <laughs> pray for whoever will be president. All of these people, if they are not born again, they are against The things that, you know, the things of God that we want them to do. You know, it's, it's funny that we are pressurizing people who are not born again to do the will of God. <laughs> how, how do they know the will of God if they don't know God? We should pray for them to be born again first. Then after that, they will do the will of God because then they would have encountered the cross. Don't disappear with your vote to the village. <laughs> vote. Oh, when this ark is brought, things will happen. <laughs> so the people sent to Shiloh, that they, may, they might bring from there the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. <laughs> so the ark of the covenant is brought, and who are there with it? Hophni. <laughs> Their names are even funny. Hophni. How many Hophnis do you have today? How many Hophnis do you know? Probably you're one of them. I'm one of them. I'm Phineas. You're, you're Hophni, I am Phineas. <laughs> we are doing the will of our flesh, not the will of God. They were right there. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth did what? The earth shook. This, was a trump. this, this shaking was nice for this building that are not built properly. This shaking was mighty. That the other camp, the Philistine, heard it from the other side. 
The, the Bible said it shook. Because they thought, now that the Ark of the Covenant is here with us, we are going to win the battle. We are going to win. And they probably sang and shouted and danced all over, and they were sweating and doing all sorts of gymnastics. And let me warn you that not everything that shakes is godly. Not everything that shakes is godly. Not every shout that you hear is of God. Not every praise you hear from people goes to God. The Ark of the Covenant was brought. They shouted that the earth shook. Yet you know what? God was not in their midst. I don't know if you guys have gone to these other places. I have gone to these places where, you know, you, you'll be forced to speak in tongues. If you don't, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. People will dance and run around like chicken. Why? Because then they'll say there is the move of what? The move of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because everyone is thundering. Everyone is shaking. Others are rolling on the floor. And these preachers or these leaders, they will speak great swelling words that has no meaning and people will be like, preach it. Say it, man of God. Speak it. And then you go home and you ask yourself, or someone asks you, hey, how was the service? Like, it was mighty. There was the move of God. The Holy Spirit moved. You're like, so what happened in this move? Man, people were jumping and people were... It is not high. It's not how high you jump but it's how low you go on your knees that will bring the move of God in the middle of people. You can jump 35 feet and come back and break your toe, break your leg <laughs> without God's anointing of your, over your head. Not everything that shakes is godly. Be warned. Sometimes you hear people teach the word, the, the word of God simply, and those who are used to the shoutings, they will feel like there was no move of God. And I'm saying this because I know it. I, was, I got born again in this movement. God, through his mercies, he delivered me. We thought that where there was the shoutings, that is where the move of God was. Where everyone has their own corner and they will shout until there's no voice left. You, you, you catch throat cancer. <laughs> Just speak to God, he hears you. Okay? He hears you. Even before your thought process, God knows what you're about to say. What makes you think that you have to shout? You have to intimidate people with, you know, these lame tongues that are not even tongues. Shamama, mama, mama. Everyone knows about that, by the way. Shikaraba, penseli, whatever. Be warned, man. Be warned. The Spirit of God does not bring confusion in the church. If you want to speak in tongues, it's perfectly well. Go speak it in your house. Why? Because the Bible says so. Go into your closet. And it says again, Paul says, for those who are speaking in tongues, you should pray that you understand what you're saying, what you're praying about. It is good to know, right? 
It is good to know the things you're praying about so that when God fulfills them, you'd say, I prayed. God has answered. You might be speaking in tongues as asking God for husband. He sends them your way you don't see because you don't understand. <laughs> you don't get it. But even if people are to speak in tongues in the middle of a congregation, Paul has brought it categorically for us. Should be one. Not more than two people. And actually, there has to be an interpreter. I've never seen one, to be honest, since I got born again. I've never seen that person who has a gift of interpreting the terms. The things we hear, I don't know if they're terms. The, the, the ones we see in the book of Acts, the Bible says that God gave them utterance and these utterances were hard with people who came there and they were praising God in the native languages of these people. It was understood. And they spoke in tongues or other languages as the Holy Spirit enabled them. This has nothing to do with shamanana, whatever. It has nothing to do with it. Is that hard? <laughs> no. Okay, let's continue. And the ark of the Lord, of the covenant of the Lord, came into the camp and Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? They heard it and they were concerned about it. Then they understood, I don't know if they sent a spy or they just understood that when the Ark of the Covenant would be brought into the camp, people would shout and this would happen. The Bible says that they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid. And they said, God has come into the camp. So they're saying, "Who? God has come because of the shout. God has come into the camp. And they say, woe to us. For such a thing has never happened before. God coming into the camp, woe unto us, we are finished. How are you going to fight them? Woe to us, for who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? Those are the gods who stuck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness? <laughs> Listen, the testimony, the true testimony of God are known even to the heathens. Are known even to the nations. They know the true works of the God of Israel. Let no one deceive you. The enemy... Whatever he does, he knows what God has done. He has it in record. You remember that these guys who were trying to preach in the book of Acts? They say, hey, Jesus we know. <laughs> Paul we know. And who are you? <laughs> oh man, the enemy knows those people. And those people went, well, I, want, I don't want to say without clothes, but... They went naked. <laughs> they were torn. They said, hey, if it's this God who struck the Egyptians with all these plagues, we don't stand a chance. We're done. 
And then, here comes another person saying, Be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have become to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. This was a man who was a real warrior speaking to his fellow Philistines. Like, hey, we are born to fight. We are born to die in battle. You want to become servants of this Hebrew? I mean, what has become of you? Man up, in other words. Man up. Take up your equipment. Go and fight. We don't want to be slaves. We'd rather die and not be slaves of these Hebrew people. <laughs> Conduct yourselves like men and fight. Even the enemy is encouraging himself. Uh, so the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. And every man fled to his tent, and there was a very great slaughter. Why? Because that shout didn't do anything. <laughs> they went into battle without God, thinking that they, they would twist the arm of God because they have the Ark of the Covenant, now God will do their will. Nope. The Philistine fought and Israel was defeated. Every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. The first battle, it was only 4,000, and they say, ah, we have a plan. <laughs> Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant, and this shall be well. And the people who are side by side by the Ark of the Covenant are, are who? <laughs> These wicked men. Sons of Eli. 30,000 foot soldiers died. Also, the Ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line on the same day and came to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. Now, when he came, there was Eli sitting on a seat by the wayside watching. For his heart trembled for the ark of God. He was not even trembling for his own sons. And when he, the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried. Everyone cried. When Eli heard the noise of the outcry, he said, What does the sound of this tumult mean? And the man came quickly and told Eli. Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. Then the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle. And I fled today from the battle line. And he said, what happened, my son? So the messengers answered and said, Israel fled before the Philistine. And there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God has been captured. Then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off the seat backwards 
by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died. For the man was old and was fat, sorry, was heavy. And he had judged Israel for 40 years. <laughs> he ate a lot of meat in the temple, in the prison, in the tabernacle. He was a fat dude. Old and fat. Old and fat. These are not good combinations. <laughs> oh. But see what is happening here. Giving, this man is giving a report of what happened in the battlefield. And he said, his two sons, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas are dead. But that was not even his concern. When the Ark of the Covenant was mentioned, this man was like, well, whatever God said, is going to happen anyway. My two sons are already dead. I'm a dead meat. I'm going to die anyways. He, did not, he didn't just threw himself, but that pressure that came with this word that the Ark of the Covenant has been captured, this was great to him. And he said, well, he didn't even say anything. He fell backward, and he, his neck died. Now his daughter-in-law, Phineas' wife, was with a child due to be delivered. And when she heard the news that the ark of, the, the ark of God was captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth for her labor pains came upon her. And about that time of her, of her death, sorry, about the time of her death, the women stood by her and said to her, Do not fear, for you have born a son. But, she's, but she did not answer nor did she regard it. Then she named the child Ichabod, saying, the glory has departed from Israel. It's like the child dropped and she's like, Ichabod, <laughs> Ichabod. The glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God has been captured because the ark of God has been captured and because her father-in-law and her husband are both dead. And she said, the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been captured. The glory has departed. We, we have nothing to boast about. We cannot boast about the glory of God. What are we going to say to our enemies? In fact, the enemies have captured the uh, Ark of the Covenant. So if this was your hope, then you're hopeless. If this was the only program that you thought was supposed to bring people into the kingdom and this program is not working anymore, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because we have boxed God in so many things. We have put God in so many of our ideas that if we do this, if we do this, if we do this, God will be in our midst and will always win. We are forgetting that, hey, God is not boxed in these things. If you want God to move and to change people's lives, seek God. Seek God first, and all these things will be added, as the Bible says. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not your own rightness. Seek God's righteousness. And all these other things will be added. But you see what is happening? We want these added things first before seeking God. If that happens, we see how it goes down quickly. You know what the prophecy was or what the dream that was given to Samuel was? That this guy, this, he's, he, when they bloom, anyone who will come out of this lineage, the moment they're blooming, they're gone. There shall never be an old man or woman in the lineage of this man called Eli. Again, because God has spoken and it will become so. And the wife of Hophni, or the Phineas, said rightly so, the glory has departed. The glory has departed. The, the elders of Israel thought that God was in their midst, but he was not. Sometimes, individually, we think God is in our midst because we are doing something for him. While he's not. He's not. I want you to go home and think about it. You can do things for God, but without God. You can do things in the name of God, while God is not right in there. We have seen people robbing other people in the name of God. Some of you have been robbed in the name of God. Because people in church, oh, we're so kind. We care about each other. It's good to do that. It's good to care about people. It's good to help people. But then first things first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that we crave for will be added. But even if these things are not added, God is still worthy to be praised. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for this wonderful time that you have given to us. We are reading and sometimes these stories, they get us worried. You know, we have children. How are we training them? Are we just focused on, you know, doing good to our children without even uh, disciplining them when we ought to? Please help us, Lord, with, you know, the wisdom to know how to train our children so that, you know, our lineage will not be cut short because of our disobedience. Ah, these things might be tough sometimes. But God, we are asking that you give us wisdom. Help us to learn from what we are reading. Help us to have wisdom, as David said. Give us wisdom each day so that we will know how to number at the times that we are living in. So help us, God, as we continue to think about these words that we read. And as we read ahead, we ask, oh God, that you will open us see the way you see. As we disperse in fellowship, we ask for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.